Welcome to the Her First Podcast, a platform to help online business owners, coaches, and creators gain the confidence needed to build a successful business while creating a sustainable lifestyle balance. We are here to help you prioritize yourself in business and life. I'm Joanna Newton. And I'm Michelle Pulani. In this podcast, along with the Her First Collective, you can engage in the challenges women face in business, ways to increase your impact or income online, and how to make it all work while launching, scaling, or maintaining. Spoiler, it's not about perfectionism, hustling, or a copy-paste methodology. Let's dive in. Today is the second part of a two-part series on digital decluttering. If you haven't yet, go and listen to the first part of this discussion where we talked about why digital clutter is a problem in your business. We talked about some practical, systematic ways that you can approach the process of decluttering your digital world. And we also talked about the benefits of having a clutter-free environment. And today we're going to talk about what to do after you declutter. So after you've taken the time to really go through all of those spaces to free up that energy, to get rid of the old, usher in the new, today we're going to talk about how you can use that to then improve your business overall. What happens next? How can you sustain that decluttered digital world and leverage it for your continued success? for opportunity, for growth, for scale, for sales, for building, whatever that looks like for you in whatever stage that you are at. So once you declutter, you're going to actually start to notice some pretty great things for your business and for your personal life. You're going to have more of a clear mind, giving you some clarity on ideas, concepts, probably ushering in some creativity that you might have been lacking for some time going to be a lot easier to find things. So you're going to pinpoint what it is that you're looking for, whether that's on your phone, whether that's on your computer, whether that's in your drive or the software tools that you're using, you're going to be able to go exactly to it instead of wasting time, energy, and having that frustration of not being able to find what it is that you're looking for. And then your work is going to become a lot more efficient. So you're going to be able to sit down, focus, prioritize, really give yourself the calm, collected, and cool, organized business owner mentality that you are seeking. So really understanding that this benefit extends from your personal life, a lot of the things we talked about, into your professional life, and obviously leveraging those things in your business that help you automate, systematize. And today we're really going to chat about how you can do that specifically with your sales systems. And so today I'm going to take you through a process that I love to do with my clients who have existing businesses. And this is also something I've done in any sort of strategic marketing or sales role when I come into a company is really just organize all of your offers, all of your lead magnets, all of your strategies to understand where everything is going. And you might be really surprised to find that lots of folks have mismatched or incomplete funnels or things that they're not even aware of. And when you take the time to look through each one, you're going to find little problems in your business where the tiniest fixes can make an actual really big impact on your sales and on your conversion efforts because something's happening in your system that you're not even aware of. 
other thing that can happen as you really dial down and go through this process that I'm going to share is that you can find holes or missing things in your strategy that need to be filled out. And I totally get why funnels become a mess. You have a conference coming up and you know you're going to be sharing something and you think, oh, I need a funnel for that. And you create a page, you create an email sequence, but forget that you also had a tag that is tagging them and adding them to a second email sequence. And then all of a sudden your user experience for those leads becomes a mess. It makes sense. But when you create yourself a chart your sort of guide to how you promote all of your offers. Now, when you have a conference to go to and you're trying to promote a particular item or course, you go look at your chart and say, do I have something that does this? Do I have something that meets my need? Great. I will use this existing thing. No problem. Or you could say, I actually need something. I don't have anything in my chart that fits. That means I have to build something new. And this can help you maintain but also really identify what you want to do. So what I want you to do is make yourself a chart. I typically would do this like in a Google Doc, make myself a table and fill this out. And I want you to make a column for different things. The first thing will be your offer. The next will be awareness. After that, traffic. After that, your lead magnet. And after up, your follow-up. And I know there are a lot of marketing gurus and experts that would want you to put a lot more in your chart, but we're just going to boil this down to all of the basic steps in the process. So in your first column for your offer, I want you to write an offer that you're selling, the course, the digital product, the service, whatever that thing you're selling, I want you to write it in that column. If you have 10 offers, you should write all 10 of them. If you have one offer, you write your one offer, however that is. Right next to it in the awareness column, I want you to write what you are doing to build an audience for that funnel. So this isn't the funnel yet. We're not there yet. This is how are you going to get attention for that particular funnel? And that could be a lot of things, right? It could be I post interesting content for the audience on my LinkedIn every day. That could be it. It could be I engage in Facebook groups every day, talk to people about this problem and connect with them on a personal level. It could be, I have access to an email list and so I'm going to start sending educational newsletters. Whatever that is, this is how you're going to build and create an audience for your offer. The next piece is traffic. How are you actually going to drive traffic from that awareness stage to your funnel? So what that means is you're building awareness. Let's take the LinkedIn example. You're building awareness, offering educational information on your LinkedIn that meets the audience's needs. How are you going to actually move them from LinkedIn to your lead magnet? You need a strategy in your content to get them from one place to another and think through what that is. The next one's actually your lead magnet. So what is that thing you're driving traffic to. It can be a download. It can be a free webinar. It could be a free strategy call with you, right? There's no sort of endless amount of things you can give away for free, but it's important that free thing is something that really resonates with your audience and is a good lead-in to your offer. So if you're teaching people how to grow on Pinterest, your lead magnet should be something related to helping someone grow on Pinterest. 
Then the last piece is your follow-up. You're going to build awareness. You're going to drive traffic to that page, get people to sign up for your lead magnet, but then you have to have the appropriate follow-up in place in order to sell your actual offer to that potential client or student or whoever that is. And in that follow-up strategy, you can think outside of the box. It doesn't have to be an email sequence. If you're selling more smaller bespoke services, maybe it's personal email outreach. Maybe it is a funnel. There can be a lot of things. The point is you have to have a follow-up strategy, automated or not, it has to exist. So it's really important to go through each of your offers and really nail down what those things are. Like I said earlier, it's going to give you clarity on how each of your items are selling. You might find holes in your strategy that you're going to have to fill things out for, but it's also going to give you that reference point. So when you think, how am I selling that course, that product, that offering, you can come to your chart and see that process for yourself. Joanna mentioned that she typically does this when she comes into businesses or already established businesses, but this is actually a really great way to launch an idea as well and boil it down to a very simple process and methodology. A lot of courses, a lot of programs, a lot of coaching programs that I have followed online are very complex. They're very complicated. They tend to take you through a lot of different steps, and maybe those steps are good to layer on over time. But oftentimes when you're first getting started, truly, sometimes you really just need that idea. You need a really great offer. You need to figure out how you're going to get in front of people. You're going to figure out exactly how you're going to get people to buy into it. And then you take it from there. Exactly what Joanna has described in these very simple steps and in this process is really critical and can be used to get you started with an idea or launch a concept as well. So keeping that in mind as we're moving through this. I'm going to give you an example of following this chart style process. Joanna did a really nice job of complementing the descriptions with little examples as we went. And now we're going to use one very clear, thorough example to give you an idea of how this functions in the real world. So although we've done this with other things in the past, this is actually something new that my personal brand is launching at this time. So this is a very real-time picture of what it is that we're doing and how we're practicing what we're instructing or what we're talking about. So let's go ahead and start with first step. The first step is your offer. So our offer is essentially to take someone from idea to income. So concept to cash flow. Taking whatever their skill, intellectual property is, whatever their aptitude is, and actually monetizing it. So we're going to do that in a really simple way, and it's going to be a low ticket option at $47. That's our offer. That's what we're positioning in front of people. We're saying if you are struggling with not knowing how to launch this brilliant idea that you have, this wonderful concept, you're unsure of how to do this thing and actually monetize it or get it into the online space, we're going to show you the exact steps to do that. That's the offer and where we're starting. Now, it's important to establish the benefit, the outcome, the transformation of the offer and be able to convey that in the way that we're presenting it to the community. So that's why Joanna has started with the offer. What is the thing that you're actually providing to someone, whether that's a service, a digital product or otherwise? that you can demonstrate to them in terms of something that they're going to buy into. Next is awareness. How are we going to build awareness around what it is that we're offering? 
So our content strategy is targeted around those folks who have not necessarily started businesses already, but someone who just has an idea and they don't really know what to do with it. And how we're going to do that is speak on our social platforms. We have our podcast, which is for outreach. We have TikTok for outreach. We have Instagram for a little bit of outreach and more nurturing. We have LinkedIn for building relationships and networking in the business and career-centric space, and really essentially utilizing those platforms as a way to get in front of people to speak to where they are right now and that transformation of what they're looking for in the offer. So as we build awareness, we're simply finding ourselves in those spaces, putting out content, having conversations. So since we're building the awareness by getting out in front of people, we're posting content, we're sharing the podcast, we're making ourselves available to people, and we're talking about what it is that we do, how we help people, and how those people can engage with us, then... Like Joanna mentioned, we're going to do our traffic strategy. So how are we driving traffic? How are we actually getting people to not just pay attention to what we're saying, but to buy into what we're saying? So that takes our next step, which is a lead magnet, which I'll get to in a second. But that takes giving them a link, giving them a call to action, whether that is a DM me a certain word and we follow up with a many chat option or whether we're having a CTA in the caption to comment on a post for our lead magnet. So in the show notes for the podcast, we are going to include the link for the opt-in. On our LinkedIn posts, we will occasionally add that link in or put it in the comments. We will continue to direct traffic to the thing that we want to get people to opt into and buy into. So some type of engagement here is really important. You can invest in the link in bio. That could be a link tree, but we highly suggest maybe focusing on one thing at a time. So our opt-in is going to be that link in bio in each of our social platforms or wherever it makes sense for it to live in a static place. So that's how we're going to be driving traffic. It's converting that audience, those views, those likes to actually opting in to what it is that you're doing and buying into your brand just a little bit more with that additional yes. Then your lead magnet. So we're creating a very simple opt-in. Now, I think where people often go wrong with the lead magnet is they tend to create any piece of valuable content in a PDF, an audio, a video, and it tends to be random. But like Joanna mentioned, you want it to feed directly into the offer that you're providing that person. So it needs to be an initial first win, a simple strategy, a step-by-step of what it is that they're meant to do that gives them the realization that they need whatever you're selling, that the next logical step is going to be the investment of your offer. So remember, our offer is this $47 mini series concept to cash flow, taking that idea and monetizing it. So what we're going to do in our opt-in, which is very simple, it's going to be a one-page cheat sheet with an audio recording from me that basically just explains all of the ways that you can monetize your skills, your intellectual property, or what it is that you have an aptitude for. And then in so doing, I'm telling them what they can do, but I'm not telling and educating the steps on how they do that. That's what the offer is for. So the offer is essentially taking them through the steps of how they take that idea and launch it into the online space, into the digital world, 
and present it in front of people so they can monetize it. So that's the lead magnet. Very simple, very approachable, giving them that quick win and understanding of, oh, this is what I can do in order to monetize. And then the follow-up, how after they've opted into that lead magnet, we're actually engaging them. So retargeting with ads is a really great place to start. If you've never run ads before, instead of trying to drive cold traffic, you're retargeting people who have already seen or paid attention to what you've done in the past. It's warm traffic and it gives you more availability to connect with them at a deeper level. Email marketing more generally, so consistently reaching out to your list, whether that's a weekly newsletter, whether that's a few times a week, whatever that looks like for you so that you're staying top of mind in front of them. Nurturing in stories is really important. So brand awareness being built with those reach platforms on a more general content strategy and then nurturing them in your stories, having that conversation and leading them to the sale in that way. And then for us, that follow-up really includes a back-end offer. So we have a very low ticket entry point at that $47 price point, which means we're going to have a mid-ticket back-end offer to lead on top of that. So that's going to be a $2,500 four-week option to actually help them hands-on take that idea to launch. And then from there, obviously, we have additional coaching and additional options to follow. But that's that follow-up sequence to ensure that we're re-engaging folks who have found us in the initial stages and that we're continuing to engage in that relationship as it expands, as it grows, and we're continuing to pivot and push that offer in front of them. I think that's a great example to show how this can really help also in launching a product like you shared, right? If you have a big business, if you have a lot going on, you may need to use this to simplify. But if you start here, then you start clutter-free almost, right? And one thing to think about At the end of the day, decluttering isn't just for you. Decluttering is going to help your mindset. It's going to make you know what's going on. But when you know what's going on and have a clear path for your leads, you're going to convert more. How many times have you discovered someone on social media who you think is really smart, has something great to offer, but you can't figure out the next step with them. This is actually happening to me right now. As you were talking, I thought about this. I started getting these TikToks from this woman who does color analysis for what season you are, right? Like as a human being. And I've gone back and forth into thinking like what my season is and I'm not like 100% sure. And she does these amazing TikToks that shows before and afters of her clients. She does these virtual color analysis sessions and her TikTok content is absolutely fantastic. She does this amazing job of showing these before and after pictures. This girl thought she was an autumn, but she is actually a true winter. This is her not in her color and they look amazing. And you're like, I want that. I see the transformation. I want that. I've gone to her website like three times trying to figure out how much it costs to do virtual color analysis. And I haven't figured it out yet. And she even has a section about it. But like I'm clicking things and then I end up going back. I don't know how to give this lady money. And I've tried three times. So having a super clear, clean path is so important because you don't want someone to find you, try to go further with you and literally not be able to. And when you have clutter and mess, that happens. And when you have clarity and not clutter and mess and you have a very clear path for your leads, they will know what to do. People need to be told what to do and what to expect. So your funnels are doing that. And 
Yes, there are a lot of marketing gurus out there in the world who have much more complicated funnels than I've described, but you can build seven-figure businesses on funnels like this, right? You may, as Michelle mentioned, want to layer on other strategies, other tactics. That's something to think about when you're already making a lot of money, right? You think about those extra things. Or if you're making some money and need to figure out how to raise that amount, right? You do that later. So you have your chart. You have everything. Now I want you to actually go through the experience of every funnel. This is going to help you avoid the experience I'm having right now is I'm trying to buy this thing from this lady. I would even have dropped $250 on it. I was so convinced that it would make me love my styling and outfits more that much. If it was like 250 bucks, I think I would have already paid for it if I could. If it was more, I would have had to do more thinking, but that's my mindset. But you're going to test all of your pathways and you're going to make sure they're all functioning and all working like you expect. So things are going to look for any broken links. Literally click every single link on the page. Make sure it goes where you want it to go. Actually sign up for the offer. Test the opt-in process. Test the purchase process on the back end. Go through every step of the funnel and make sure it's super clear, super easy to get from wherever your awareness is coming from to that opt-in, that lead magnet, to that follow-up, to actual purchase point. Make sure it's super clear. I even recommend if you have a team or have someone in your life that you can have test them for you because you know everything is. You built it. Have someone else test it. Was it clear to them? Look at every link, every word, click everything, do everything to make sure that process is super clean. It can feel a little like annoying, but you want to make sure it works properly. I just recently set up challenge emails for a client. They were running like a 14-day challenge for their students. When we set up the reminder emails for the Zoom sessions, I clicked that Zoom link every single time, every single time to make sure it was going to the right place. It took me a couple extra seconds, but it ensures that your leads are going to get to the right place and not have a sort of broken experience. So you've got your chart, you're testing everything. Then Michelle, why don't you talk to us about what to do next? Part of the decluttering process was really looking through all of those pages and those emails. So again, if you haven't listened to part one, go back, listen to part one. What Joanna is explaining is ensuring that nothing is not working. I have had this in the past and trust me, it costs you dollars. It leads to frustration. It's really disappointing. Also, if you are disappointed in your results of something and maybe the conversions aren't what you want them to be, instead of judging yourself and being really frustrated with how you're presenting things, what the language is like, and actually going to work at some of those things, check that everything is working the way that you want it to be working. I know it's silly, but literally the first thing that tech people do on the phone is ask you if it's plugged in. Is your system plugged in? Is your funnel functioning the way that it's meant to function? Such an important thing that I cannot stress enough. It will save you so much wasted time, energy, resources, and self-doubt and frustration in the long run. 
So after you test everything, you are going to optimize your social profiles or anything that is customer facing, whether you have an active, regular landing website, whether you have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, MySpace, whatever that looks like, I want you to make sure that it's updated. So your social profiles are all going to shift to now represent this lead magnet and have it all point in the same direction. So it's super easy to forget what is in your link tree if you use a link tree. Now, again, there's some different advice on link trees. We're not going to go either way on this podcast necessarily, unless, Joanna, you feel very strongly either way. But I do think that there is a lot of really good evidence behind focusing your traffic and energy. When it comes to decision making, as you can learn more about in our Decision Fatigue podcast, so go listen to that episode if you haven't yet as well, people get overwhelmed by decisions. It's actually shown that in shopping, when presented with, say, 36 jams, that vendor will make less than someone who presents six jams because the consumer, the buyer has less options to choose from and therefore will actually invest in something as opposed to getting distracted or just not making a choice altogether. So if you do have over five links in your link tree, if you're using a link tree right now, I would highly consider limiting what's available in them and really focusing that energy in into the one, two, maybe three main things that you want people to go to. So be really specific about that. Now, having one main freebie is really important. So again, we have a podcast. We also have a free thing. Maybe we have an application to work with us. Okay, those are your three things, but they're not all technically free opt-in offers. Now, I super made this mistake when I was starting and running Her Healthy Habits. I made all the mistakes in the book, truly, with that first business that I started. But I had put time and energy into a lead magnet. And I was actually a really great lead magnet. I had 1,700 opt-ins. It had a 75% conversion rate. And for some reason in my head, I thought that wasn't that good. So I started making more opt-ins, not because I was converting on the back end of that one, which is a whole nother conversation we will get into today, but because I thought that for whatever reason, people wanted more free things. And then I had my zero to fit guide. And then I had this other thing. And then I had this workshop. And then I had this goal setting workshop. It just became way too much. And it was very confusing for my audience. And it meant that no one was actually taking the steps that I wanted them to take, kept leading them in all these different directions. And then it made it harder to track the funnels and actually keep everything organized anyway. So people were going in all these different directions and they would sign up for this workshop and maybe get the emails also for this other thing. And it just became a cluster. Was not good. So don't make that mistake. Try to keep things really clear, really optimized, and don't add on. I know that Boss Babes and a lot of other major figures in this space, they really talk about the one offer that they started with for one year to 18 months before they introduce anything else. So they took something, they focused on it, maybe they tweaked it, they improved it, they changed the languaging, but they did not try to create 10 additional things. So what is that one thing? And you can improve, you can change, you can grow, you can evolve it but get it out in front of more people. The way that I think about this now is there are 8 billion people on this planet. I don't even know how many millions of people are using social media and how many hundreds of thousands of folks that you could theoretically have access to just by posting organically on social media, right? 
So if you have less than 500,000 page visits on your opt-in, don't make a new one. Truthfully, you don't need it. Focus on getting in front of more people and converting those people as opposed to trying to diversify what it is that you're offering. So after you've found that refresh and you've updated all of your social platforms with directing that traffic to your opt-in or whatever that offer is that you're presenting in front of people, you need to make sure that you're talking about it consistently. When we're talking about the awareness piece is you need to talk about it in your content. You need to implement that in your content strategy and have it be consistent and have it be regular so that people see it, so that people get familiar with it, so that people have the chance to ask questions. Don't just launch something once for a week, say, oh, it didn't work, it didn't take. You need to do that over and over again. I'm talking with someone right now who's in this particular mindset where they just launched something at the beginning of January and they're not going to launch it again till March. They got, I don't know, maybe 100 opt-ins. So it was small. So they got 100 opt-ins to their challenge and then it converted to a few sales, right? Not the best case scenario to then wait three months in order to redo that. No, you turn around, you do it right away and you focus on that awareness piece so that you're getting in front of more people. You're presenting the same offer, the same opportunity, the same opt-in, but you're getting in front of more people. You figure out the language, the messaging, the marketing in order to do that and then drive the traffic from there. Don't turn around and say, oh, that didn't work. Now I'm just going to ditch that and start something new. Learn from that experience and grow from there. Yeah, and I think it's really important to not make more clutter and messes for yourself. If you have a lead magnet and it's working, keep using that lead magnet. Keep sending people there. Maybe you tweak something. Maybe you make an adjustment to help it convert better. That's a whole different thing. But just keep doing that. You might not even ever need another one. Don't just start making things. The other thing is when something isn't working, you've created a lead magnet, you've created a funnel, you're getting traffic, you're getting people to go there, you're growing on social media, but you're not seeing any sort of like opt-ins to that lead magnet. Maybe you do want to create a lead magnet but there's a difference between pivoting and just adding. So you can say, this lead magnet's not working. I'm going to make another one and then another one and then another one and then another one. And then you have a huge mess on your hands. Or you can say, this one's not working. I'm going to put it on pause. Don't delete anything. Save it. Save what you've learned. You can unpublish the page, turn off the email sequence and replace it with something different. Pivot to a different strategy is different than creating more mess for yourself. But this is why you have the chart, because you can then write in your chart that you're pausing this one and then you're adding a different thing for your offer, but you're still focusing on one funnel. You're not just like making more and more mess in that process. So really utilize the systems you've set up for yourself to keep yourself on track and going. As a quick aside, I am not going to get into Linktree debates, but Linktree debates are an interesting debates and I do have thoughts. I'm sure you knew I had thoughts. And it gave me an idea for maybe an episode we should think about where we talk about super common marketing practices that like everybody does and better alternatives or when you should do. I think there's a couple things in my head that I can think of that like everybody does all of the time. And a lot of times we just copy what we see. We think it's working for someone, so we do it. But thinking about common marketing practices and potential alternatives that might be 
a better practice and why that could be really interesting conversation. I agree. I think that there's so much in the digital marketing space that can be debunked. Like I think that there are a lot of things that people are talking about because they've been told this works and then they're just continuing to spew that information without really owning it or recognizing it for themselves. But also I will say there's a lot of marketing advice, guidance, coaching offers out there that are also not right for everybody at the stage that they're at. It doesn't necessarily mean that the advice is always bad, but maybe it's not applicable to where you are right now. What we're talking about is a very simplified approach. Now, if you are a multi seven figure business and you have successful funnels set up with upsells and downsells and cross sells and order bumps and follow up sequences and you have all of this articulated, obviously this maybe doesn't apply to you because we are simplifying something that is more applicable to your introductory business owners. You're probably less than six figure business owners. Your service providers are freelancers who aren't offering a funnel yet because their main modality of acquiring new customers is direct outreach. So everybody's at a different level. And this advice, even today, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't even mean it's necessarily good. It means that it's applicable to a certain type of person at a certain stage of their journey. And again, it's important for us as business owners and digital marketers to discern what is right for us at the time that it is needed. Because there are a lot of things that are out there that are really silly. And I think we could have a very good conversation about what that looks like. So we've walked you through a process you can follow, clean up your funnels, test everything, get everything going and working for you. But as both Michelle and I have talked about, there is just sometimes this desire to create, add, overcomplicate, make more stuff, just put things in the world. So on top of what we just walked through, you need to get yourself in the habit of decluttering, looking at all of this and going through the process. And one thing I recommend doing is creating yourself a monthly and quarterly checklist and scheduling time to do it, right? So putting it on your calendar every month, I'm going to go through my monthly checklist. Every quarter, I'm going to go through my quarterly checklist. And some of those things that should be on your monthly checklist would be to go through and test all of your funnels again. Sometimes whatever systems you're using are updated or you've changed the link and you forgot to change it in another place. These are real things that happen to small businesses and large businesses, right? So go test your funnels. Click all the links, do all the things, test the process, make sure everything's still working exactly as you want it to. While you're doing that, review your stats. How many opt-ins did you get that month? How many sales did you get from that funnel? Go through the stats of that funnel. That'll teach you a lot about what you might need to change. Review your funnels for any strategy or messaging changes. I see this all the time. Sometimes you change the way you sell a course. You've changed it on your website. You didn't go back and change it in the funnel. So reviewing that strategy, that messaging, That's going to teach you a lot to make sure you're just updating everything appropriately. Sometimes you've changed a price. Maybe you had it on discount. It's not on discount anymore. You want to make sure everything lines up. You also want to go review your social profiles once a month. You go look, you say, wait, I'm not offering that freebie anymore. I'm trying to offer this freebie. And you change that link. Oh, that discount's not happening anymore. You want to update that profile. So review your social profiles. Make sure everything still makes sense for where your business is at. And while you're there reviewing your social profiles, look at your pin posts, your featured posts, your highlights, all of those things. Just make sure they make sense. 
And then another good thing to do on a monthly basis is to take some time to do any simple digital declutter. Clean your desktop, clean your phone storage, make sure your email inboxes doesn't have anything flagged that's been flagged there for years, right? Just clear out your digital clutter on a monthly basis and it won't feel like such a burden. In addition to your monthly decluttering, starting to think of this on a quarterly basis. Businesses operating in 90-day sprints, super helpful. At the beginning of those 90-day sprints, what are you focusing on? Going back to that chart, making sure that you're staying on track. I have so many pages of things in which I've articulated my irresistible offer. I've coordinated the messaging around something that I wanted to offer. And then I go out into the real world. I'm creating content and I get totally off track. And then I look back at that several months later and I'm like, wait a second, that was genius. That was gold. How come I wasn't utilizing this whole time? So do not discount what it is that you've created already and keep coming back to it to ensure that you're still on track reassessing at that 90-day mark and maybe reprioritizing certain goals and certain daily activities, habits that you're doing in your business, that's okay. Maybe your strategy for the next 90 days is Instagram. And then the next 90 days following, maybe then you're focusing on LinkedIn once you have an Instagram strategy in place for your awareness. And then once that happens, then you're going to pitch yourself and get onto other people's platforms. But notice that I didn't change the offer at any point during those three quarters. It's still the same offer. Maybe I'm just leveraging a different awareness strategy, a different content strategy, but I'm not rewriting my entire structure as we head into a new quarter. So being mindful about that and then decluttering as you go, getting rid of those things that are just taking up space. And I want to remind you, and I'll finish on this note before Joanna wraps up for us, is that you are so incredibly creative. You are so brilliant. You have so much skill. You have cleverness. You have aptitudes. You have this ability within you. You do not need to reference outside sources, although they can be used for inspiration. You do not need to save everything that you've ever written down because guess what? You're going to come up with more stuff in the future. So try not to hold on so tightly to those things that you've done in the past without tweaking, improving, reiterating, referencing, going through that process of evolution and growth, knowing that creativity is always going to be there. There's always going to be a wellspring of it. So don't feel like you have to hold on to these things and repurpose them or you have to use those videos that you've captured because you're going to run out of content ideas or opportunities. You have so much of that within you. Don't forget that. That's such a great point. And at the end of the day, this process is about having really good intentions behind all of your decisions as a business owner. You're not going to just build and build. You're going to be really focused, specific. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm trying. That's going to help you, one, not overcomplicate your life, make more work for yourself that isn't actually bringing in revenue and getting distracted by non-revenue generating activities. Figure out what's working and stick to that and grow from there. If something's not working, you'll have a really good idea of what it is that's not working because you're not doing 10,000 things. Being intentional, making choices. And I think a big key here is making choices to not do things and do something else, but actually making it a choice, taking the time to turn off one funnel and turn on another. And one thing is I work with people, other founders, my clients, different folks, I think there's this fear that happens because 
you have an idea and you want to get it out in the world. And I think there's this fear if you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. It's going to disappear. And this is where creating a system for yourself on how to come back to those ideas is really important. Obviously, we're not going to get into that concept today, but when you have those ideas that are distracting you from your current goal and plan, find a way to store it somewhere where you can come back to it. So when you're planning your next quarter, your next year, you can bring those ideas back into the fold. So that's it on our part two on digital declutter. I hope that we've outlined some really strong steps that can help you take your clutter-free life and business, make a map about how to be really intentional about your choices, what you create, how you sell, put these things into practice so that you can grow your business. Thanks for tuning in. Find the link in the show notes to join us in the Her First Collective, a free Facebook group to discuss the podcast, ask questions of our guest experts, and network with a group of female entrepreneurs who value collaboration over competition. Please subscribe, share, leave a review, and be sure to catch our next episode. What is one thing you can do today to prioritize you in business and life?